Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Saturday, December 23rd, and we are continuing our interview, our conversation with Michael Batnick. He, along with Josh Brown, co-hosts the podcast, The Compound and Friends, and also have a show on YouTube. They were the ones that I fell in love with way back in March. And now I can't believe just months later, we have launched a great joint venture. It's called Jill on Money, powered by The Compound. It is our YouTube show, and you can find a link to that show on our website, jillonmoney.com. Okay, so let's get back to Michael because I just adore this guy. I really do. Yesterday, we talked about his backstory. Today, we're talking about how he became a, a chartered financial analyst. And we're also going to have a conversation about whether or not the 60-40 portfolio is dead. Here's the second part of our interview with Michael Batnick. Can you explain to everybody what is a CFA and yeah. um, what that process entails? Yeah, so the Chartered Financial Analyst designation was very, very important for me for two reasons. Number one, I didn't know anything. Like, I knew nothing. So I think I took the first exam in – my mom was still alive. So in 2010, and I passed the first one. The second one was rough because my mother was dying. I was studying in the hospital. Mm. The second one is a tough exam. I was not in the industry. Right. This is like serious. You didn't study at undergrad. There's a lot of people no, go and take yeah. the CFA who are like, oh, I, I got it. I'm, I have an MBA already. So everybody that takes level two is at an investment bank. Yeah. Right. Like they have experience. I knew nothing. I took the test and I came home and cried. It was just, a, it was a disaster. So, but I was, when I, by the time I met Josh, I remained obsessed with the market and didn't give up on my dream, which was to somehow get a, career in the markets. Like I remember sitting with somebody, they're like, well, do you want to work on the buy side and the sell side? And I was like, dude, any doesn't side. doesn't matter. I don't I'll even right know. Down the middle. I don't know which side is what, but I'll any side. Um, and so after I met Josh, it was great. We grew up in the same town. That's we, also a bizarre coincidence. So across the street from each other, there was, I think, I don't know if there was any overlap, but when I got divorced, so before <laughs> before my parents got divorced, before my parents got divorced, I'm married once. Before my parents got divorced, we lived, I lived here and he lived across the street, two houses over. Okay. So he was, he's eight years older than me. Right. So I don't even know if, if there was any overlap. And even if there was, we wouldn't remember it. Right. Yeah. So we grew up in the same town. So there was a lot of, you know, familiarity. We yes. Sp we spoke the same language. Right. So the interview went great. And I said to my wife, I remember like seeing a stack of resumes on his desk. And I said to her, if I don't get it, you know, it's just because there's people that are more qualified. And boy, were there ever. Now, the advantage that I had was that 
I had some money in the bank for my mother, and I would have worked for free. I so you start what year? This is 2012. Okay. So just to reframe where we are, it's 2012. It's after the financial crisis. The financial markets have come back, even though everybody's like, no, and nothing's ever going to happen good ever again. Yeah. And I remember it so well, by the way, because I remember everybody being so negative. And you're chugging along. And you get this job. You love the markets. But you're now working for an investment advisory firm, which is not a stock picking firm. Mm-mm. So what is the role that you thought you were going to take on or what were you aspiring to become at the firm? I don't know there was a job description. And I don't know that I asked. I would have done anything to work for them. And so the job was this. Everything. Anything. What can you do? Right. The first day, I remember Josh tapping me on the shoulder and saying, I'm going to CNBC. Get me some notes. And I was over the moon. I I couldn't believe that this was happening to me. It's amazing. Um, and then I also couldn't believe that Research in Motion was up for eight days in a row, and he he read what I wrote. And so that went on for a long time, uh-huh. and I uh, developed more responsibilities over the years mm-hmm. and over the weeks, months, and years, and it's been an incredible ride. I, so what do you do now for the firm? You're the chief investment officer of the firm? I, or? Uh, no. Not really? No. no. So but what, you are like the resident egghead. I'm on the investment. I'm on the investment committee. All right. So what what does that what does that role mean for you? Like in terms of you you're setting a tone for advisors who are Ritholtz advisors. Um, are you creating models for them, or is everyone a free agent? Like how does it work? Yeah. So we don't want any client outcome to be dictated by an advisor doing something that we don't believe in. Mm-hmm. And so our advisors have full autonomy to take the client through the process, create a financial plan, mm-hmm. deliver the portfolios that we manage. We pick what goes inside of the portfolio. Mm-hmm. And it's up for the advisor to say, we think this model works for you. Got it. Some munis, some this, some that, whatever the case may be. I'm not I'm not talking to the advisors necessarily and them saying, hey, what do you think is the appropriate portfolio for this couple given X, Y, or Z? Mm-hmm. So I am on the investor committee along with uh, Barry and a few others, mm-hmm. and we determine the options for investor for advisors to. Oh, that's put. awesome! So let's talk a little bit about investing, and um, you. I know you love it, but in terms of the wealth building versus gambling, because it's fun to gamble. Love it. And it's really it is. It's I love fun it. to gamble. So when you look at long term investing. If someone calls my show and comes on the air with us on this program, what is your view on passive investing, model investing, exchange-traded funds, index funds, like the general approach to long-term wealth? What, do you, what is the Michael Batnick approach? Who am I talking to? You're talking to individual investors who have a more than a 10-year time horizon to build some wealth. You know, we're not talking about their fund money account. We're talking about what should they do to build, like, the do-it-yourselfer who wants to go to Fidelity or Vanguard or Schwab or E-Trade and do it themselves. So I don't think this is um, debatable. Investing has been solved. It's not a mystery. We know what to do. The best way for regular people who are not obsessed with the market, most people aren't, nor should they be, is to create a portfolio that you can stick with for the long term. That's not easy. Mm-hmm. It sounds very simple to say it. There's a line. Everybody has a line. And unfortunately, you don't know the, where your line is until you cross it. And you'll learn through the experience. So once you figure it out, your risk tolerance, index funds are the best way to go. Now, I'm not an active hater. 
I think that bless them, they set prices for the market. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there are absolutely some people that do have alpha that can beat the market. Yep. But that's neither here nor there. For regular people who have no interest in doing any of that, your time is better spent on anything, everything outside of your investment portfolio. We talk about that with career. We talk about that with family. We talk that, I mean, you lost a mother at young point in your life. Like we were just talking before we came on the air, like you go to a funeral and boy, does that reset your brain Mm. and say what is important. So if you think it was incredibly important for you to be pouring over spreadsheets and um, and analyzing uh, whether you should have the the spider ETF or the S&P 500 fund at Vanguard, I think you're going to want those hours back in your life. Okay, that's just me. It's shocking for me to admit this and I've done it many times, I am a complete wimp when it comes to investing. I don't like investing risk. I really don't. I'm not into it. I I had it in my life. My dad blew out of his trading account two or three different times, very much seared into my Mm. memory. And even when I was a trader, I was a day trader on the floor of the commodities exchange where, you know, we could do conversions for a dollar. Like basically we could, like you could make a thousand dollars a day and not take risk. You could be, have it go home flat. And that's what the beauty of a trading floor is. You're a bottom feeder, essentially, just picking up quarters that people are leaving on the floor. Okay. But in my real life, I have always been more of a 60-40 investor because I'll take risk in my career. I'll change careers. I'll reset my life. I'll just do something totally different. But generally speaking, 60 a little bit risk, 40 less risk. And for so long- How'd that work out? Pretty freaking good. Pretty good. Pretty good. And I sleep at night. You know, so many people have really been freaked out by the 60-40. 60-40's dead. 60-40's dead. 2022 is a terrible year for stocks and bonds. Uh, so is 60-40 dead? Poppycock. Poppycock. It's alive and better than ever. For so many years, the 40 part of the 60-40 wasn't really pulling its weight. No. And... Bonds are really a function of arithmetic. The stock market is a biological, amorphous blob of emotions and numbers and time, different time horizons and all that sort of stuff. You could tell me everything about the future of a company, about the macro, and I couldn't confidently tell you what the stock would do. Mm-hmm. With bonds, it's just arithmetic. What's the starting coupon? That's probably what you're going to get over the, ter- over the term of the life of the bond. Mm-hmm. Prior to the pandemic, you were getting 2% on the 10-year treasury. And if. The, right? And mm-hmm. so uh, the stock market did the heavy lifting, gave you 14 15% a year for a decade. Amazing. Those days are probably behind us. I don't think you should count on 15% for the next decade. No. If we get it, I won't complain. No. But you shouldn't count on it. What you can count on is with the 10-year closer to 4%, you can now get – I mean, that's that changes things dramatically. Yeah. So, yes, we had to take and, – and over the years, I had been saying to, to investors, we're going to have to take a step back to take a step forward with bonds because the only way that our fixed income is going to pay us a higher rate of return is if the fixed income goes up. Yeah. Uh, when the fixed income goes up, the prices will go down. Now, 2022, we ripped the Band-Aid right off. That was a rough year, man. <laughs> I mean, I had, it was tough. I've had some bad years in my career – but last year was a rough year. I was so happy not to be in the investment management business. It was hard. It was a tough year. It was hard. The we've we've been trained the the the, the social contract, the financial contract that we've signed 
as investors is I'm taking risk in my stocks. I'm comfortable taking risk yeah. in stocks. I believe in capitalism up and to the right. The bonds are the safe part. And that was ripped into a million pieces. And it was really difficult because bonds were supposed to save you. And in fact, not only did they not save you, they, they were the reason why stocks went down. And so it was the double whammy that nobody wanted to swallow. But we got through it. If you have a question about your 60-40 portfolio or any financial question, or you're trying to make a big decision in your financial life, just give us a holler. Go to jillonmoney.com, click the Contact Us button. Of course, let us know if you'd like to join us on the air via audio or video. While you're on the website, you can check out all of our content that lives there. There's the free weekly newsletter. There's resources. There's my blog. You can actually buy my book, The Great Money Reset, a wonderful present for the new year. I have to say, there's no time like now to really think about turning a page and doing something different in your life. So I encourage you to do that. You'll also find a link to our new YouTube show called Jill on Money, powered by the compound, all there on the jillonmoney.com website. You can subscribe to the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. And if you wouldn't mind, please leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. Put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.